A couple of addendums there is uh, one we, uh, for the bowling event, um, we need people to RSVP. Um, and so if you'd like to go to that, please do RSVP. The RSVP has been sent out. And also, um, also uh, we are doing a, uh, putting together a little team for an obstacle race September 18th. It's going to be super duper fun. I sent that out. And we have a few people on it already. We're going to rule. Um, and there's no electric wires for those of you who are thinking, is that the one with the electric wires? It's not the one with the electric wires. Um, so never fear. Uh, there is probably barbed wire, though. So, yeah, yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. Anyway, um, if you have a Bible with you, please open it to Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. We're, we're still in the Ten Commandments. And um, if you don't have a Bible with you, the text will be on the screen. And as, as has been the case with all of our Ten Commandments series, uh, we're going to flip around a lot. Um, so you may prefer uh, just, just to uh, go with the text on the screen. And uh, for some of us, it might be kind of curious, like, why are we in the Ten Commandments? Isn't there a contradiction between law and grace? I would actually like to offer a new idea that, that properly understood the law of God is part of grace. Now, by that, I don't mean that we're saved by obeying the law. We are saved in spite of our total disobedience to the law by what Jesus has done for us, and that's that. However... If we're asking the question, how does God want us to flourish now? What are our relationships with other people and with God need to look like? Our guidance comes to us from the law of God. So we don't look to it for salvation. We look to it for how we flourish as human beings. So let's pray before we get going. Father God, I pray that through your word right now, you would speak deeply to parts of us that are disobedient to, the, to your law because we simply don't trust you enough. I pray that you would grow our faith in this time through your word and through the sacrament. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, sometimes when you're a pastor, it's a really good idea to get people to respect you less, which is why I'm going to tell you this next story. Um, so I was right, a couple of years ago, I was riding uh, my bicycle home from the Rockies game, and uh, it wasn't super busy uh, downtown, and, and so at a red light, there was no one coming, so I did kind of what every cyclist in Denver does. I, I just went right through it. And then I stopped at the next light because there was some traffic, and, and uh, on this side, a cop car pulls up, and I was like, so busted. I know I did it. He saw me do it, and the, the window lowers. I say, good evening, officer, and he says, Son, you know you can't do that, right? Now, because I fear God and I'm a pastor, I tried to lie my way out of it. Um, and so I, I just played dumb. Did, did what, officer? <laughs> like, I knew I, he, I knew he knew and he knew that I knew and all the news going on there. Like, I'm, I'm dead to rights, but I'm still not confessing. Did what? And he said, you went right through the light. And so I changed tack, because there's no denying that I did it. So I just played dumb. Like, oh, really? Really? Did I? I'm not saying I didn't. I believe you. Trust me. But I didn't even realize I did it. That's crazy. Can you believe that? And he wasn't buying it. So he said, he said, you know, they voted on it last ballot. 
and they decided you can't go through a light on a bike. Again, played dumb. Did they really? That's crazy. I had no idea a lie I knew. Um, <laughs> and, and then I, I went for the most audacious lie yet. I tried Jedi mind trick. I just said, well, thank you for warning me, officer. Everything's taken care of here. I shall see thee later, ta-ta. And I rode <laughs> off and... Also a lie, I, um, I did it again just as soon as he was out of sight. <laughs> why did we lie? Like, why did I lie in that situation? Why does anybody lie? It, it's because the, we perceive the consequences of getting away with a lie preferable to telling the truth. It's a way that we try to take control of our own lives and protect ourselves from consequences. A lot of the time, that's one reason. Sometimes it's to protect your reputation. You know, oh, I was only late to work because traffic was so bad, a plane landed on the freeway, it was crazy, ask anybody, right? You're protecting your reputation. You don't want damage to your reputation. Something gets screwed up, oh, it was the intern. Intern did it. I was waiting on them. That's why my project was late. Oh, it wasn't me that didn't run the dishwasher. It was one of the kids. You can tell I've never used that. <laughs> so we're trying to protect our reputation. We're trying to avoid consequences. Sometimes it's to enhance perception, people's perception of us. You know, you might, you're, you're, you're filling out a resume. You want to get an uh, edge on the competition. You might just, just, massage the language of what you've actually done to make yourself look a little better or you know like you want people to find you attractive on social media so a little filter magic little, little Elizabeth Taylor filter there you know the clout whatever the gauzy thing go she has going <laughs> we want it we want the consequences uh, we, we don't like the consequences of the truth so we prefer the lie it, but here's the thing all of us hate being deceived, right? Like when someone lies to you and you find out, you're like, you dirty dog. But we all do it. Weird, huh? Think about how much dishonesty erodes your trust in people and in institutions. I mean, think of, think of what Watergate did to our confidence that the government tells us the truth or the Lewinsky thing or, you know, a hundred things since. Like, very few of us believe the government is now throwing straight dice or that politicians tell us the truth. They've been caught lying so much. Or what deception has done in the church. I don't care, Catholic, Protestant, there's, there's lots of examples where people in leadership are doing nefarious things. And it would be one thing if someone did nefarious things and, the, and then, you know, the other leadership came out and said, hey, Y'all, this is what happened, this happened, we got right on it, we've beheaded those responsible, it's cool, you know. <laughs> but what do they do instead? Cover it up. Why? Because the consequences of the truth are deemed to be too great. So we trust in the lie instead. It's our ability to manage the consequences, people's perception of us, and the rest of it. It might seem in some cases, innocent. I did little harm, I think, <laughs> in lying to the cop. It wasn't honest, 
But like, you know, I didn't. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to defend myself on that. <laughs> but it's, it's so much deeper, you know? Think of this. You, you people who know your Bible a little bit, what's the first lie in the Bible? It's Genesis 3. It's the serpent lying to the woman. What does he tell her? He tells her the world's first lie. The reason God doesn't want you to eat from this tree isn't because he cares about you, isn't because he's trying, to, trying to, to, to save you from pain. It's because he wants to keep something good from you. And they believed the lie. And when they believed the lie, what happened? Their fellowship with God was broken. Why? It's because throughout the scripture, God is presented as a God of truth. When we are choosing lies over truth, we are picking a side. Look at what Jesus says in John 18, 37. Jesus says, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. And that text we read earlier from 1 John, those who walk in Christ walk in what? Truth. There's team God, that's team truth. There's team Satan, that's team lie. And when we choose to trust the lie over the truth, we're actually sinning against God in a severe way. It's a matter of faith in God. Do I trust God enough to trust him with the consequences of telling the truth, of walking in integrity, or am I going to take control of my own life and trust in my ability to lie my way out of the consequences? But here's the deal. Jesus is the truth, and we can trust the truth. That's what's at the heart of the ninth commandment. The ninth commandment is simple. Exodus 20, 16 says this, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, we've been going through the Ten Commandments thinking of each one like a dartboard, okay? When I play darts, I aim for the bullseye. If I hit the bullseye, that's where I was aiming. Good stuff. If I am wide of the bullseye but still on the board, very happy with that shot still, but if I hit the wall, that is out of bounds. That's too far away to, to, to be called like a legit shot. That's like, don't drink anymore. Um, <laughs> and so the, the, the ninth commandment and most of the 10 commandments tells us where the wall is. When does this become illegal? And the answer is, is when you're going to bear false witness against your neighbor. You need to know a little bit about ancient law for this to make a whole, a whole ton of sense. So you have to remember, in the ancient world, the way a court would work is, is it would happen at the city gate. You'd have your, the, the accused person, and then you'd have witnesses and a judge. There was no jury, just a judge who was an elder of the city. And you didn't have like CSI Miami or North Carolina or any of those things. And so the only evidence you had was eyewitness evidence. So the entire legal system was based on the foundation of eyeball evidence and that person telling the truth. And so where this becomes like the wall is when you bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, neighbor doesn't mean the person who lives next door. It means literally anyone you meet. We're all neighbors. They're all neighbors. Everyone's a neighbor, okay? So you cannot bear false witness in a law court without committing a crime yourself. But 
that's actually still a crime today. <laughs> um, but if we don't lie under oath, that doesn't mean we've told the truth either, right? That doesn't mean we've, we've trusted God with the truth. And so we're going to look at the wall, the board, the bullseye. So what is the wall? Well, the wall is walking in deception. First of all, lying under oath, of course, or lying generally speaking. But not only that, also failing to speak the truth. Look with me at Leviticus 5.1. It says, if anyone sins and that he hears a public adjuration to testify, meaning, hey, there's a case going on, do you know anything? And though he is a witness, whether he has seen or come to know the matter, yet does not speak, he shall bear his iniquity. In other words, he's guilty of the crime for which he is not coming forward to testify. If you fail to speak the truth, it is just as bad as if you have lied under oath. Okay? So walking into deception is lying, it's failing to speak the truth, and it's also listening to lies. Proverbs 17.4 says, A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. So heeding things like gossip and slander and not shutting it down and believing it is also walking in deception. Not only do you speak it, but you take it in and believe it. This is a tough one for our culture. I'm not sure which commandments clamp down the hardest on us, but we live in a culture of what, where people walk in deception and it's called good business or playing politics to win or whatever. I don't know if you guys saw this, but re recently the, the Rachel Maddow show on MSNBC was taken to court. Rachel Maddow, who's a, a, a talking head newscaster on the liberal end of the spectrum, called One American News, which is, you know, very far right uh, kind of thing. News I use loosely. <laughs> she called One American News paid Russian propaganda. She said they are literally a propaganda wing of the Russian government. Now, there's no truth to this, and they took her to court because she knew there was no truth to it. There's no, no evidence she had or anything. She was just saying it. And they took her to court for libel. You know what her defense was? Everybody who watches my show knows that I'm lying. No one in their right mind takes my show seriously. The, and the court found in her favor, said the court finds a reasonable viewer would not take the statement as factual. Her defense, I was lying, but everybody knows I'm lying. Okay, and, and before you get too gleeful if you're on the right, Tucker Carlson had to do the same thing, and so did Rudy, Rudy Giuliani about election fraud. They said, hey, yeah, oh, I was lying. <laughs> no, no truth to that. But everybody knows, no sane person thinks I'm telling the truth, right? And it's sort of this, whether it's a politician making promises, they have no intention to keep, and we know they have no intention. Or an athlete denying that they use performance-enhancing drugs, it's like, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> it's, we have this culture where deception is accepted. It's okay, right? Because the only true sin is getting caught. And we deceive too. When we slander, don't worry about that, that's just kids. <laughs> when we slander, when we listen to slander, when we gossip, when we listen to gossip, when we twist someone's words, if you're ever finding yourself saying, they basically said, beware. No one basically says anything. They only say what they said. 
When you say they basically said, you're putting words in their mouth. When we shift blame off of ourselves and onto someone else, we are walking in deception. And as we think through our normal week, some of us get a little scared because you shift blame, you defend yourself, you come up with excuses, you do everything but accept the consequences and tell the truth. We can trust Jesus with the truth. Okay? We do not need to walk in deception. And so that is the wall. What's the board? Well, the board is on the board is to walk in integrity, and there's varying degrees, right, from the edge to, the, to near the middle. Walking in integrity is, first of all, speaking the truth. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. You hear how being in community is part and parcel with telling the truth to one another? Key, huh? Right? If we're not honest with one another, it's really hard to build community with someone who's lying to your face or not telling you the whole truth. So we need to speak the truth. We also need to listen to the truth. Ecclesiastes 7.5, and this is, there's a lot of Proverbs like this, says, It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. Meaning the, the one who's singing a song in your honor and lying to your face, right? You listen to that, then you're a fool too, okay? It is better to listen to the harsh words of the wise, to the rebuke of the wise. A famous ancient example of this, there was a king named Tigranes, who I don't know if you've heard of, but anyway, Tigranes was king of Armenia, and they got invaded by Pompey. You've all heard of Pompey and the Romans, and someone came into his, his court and was like, Tigranes, king, and whatever obeisance you have to pay to the king. And he did that and then said, you've been invaded. Your army got smashed. You know what Tigranes did? He executed the guy for bringing him bad news. And so no one else brought him bad news of more and more defeat so that by the time Pompey was upon the palace, Tigranes was like, what's going on? <laughs> right? He, he, he was unprepared because no, he wouldn't listen to the hard truth. There's a lot of people like that. You, you tell them a hard truth, you push back, and they shut you out, they shut you down. To walk in integrity is not only to speak the truth, but be willing to hear the hard truth, and also to judge honestly. Matthew 7, 1 through 2, Jesus says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So judges, you want to be judged. If, if someone is coming with far-flung slander, would you want someone to believe far-flung, baseless slander about you? No, then don't believe it about someone else. Make sense? Judge honestly and carefully. Um, you know, what does it look like to walk in integrity? One of my favorite examples is, is uh, when John McCain was on um, the election trail back in 08, against then-candidate Obama. Oh, that's not John McCain, buddy. That's for later. It's okay. Not the, you guys all, that gave it away, right? You all know who that is. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so John McCain was at like a town hall. And, um, and, you know, there was a certain wing of the right that was really anti-Obama, not just because of his policies, but because of, you know, he's African-American, he's got a... a a African-sounding name, right? 
and so this, this guy got up and said to John McCain, he says, you know, Mr. McCain, we're scared. We're scared of Obama. And this other lady got up and said, well, yeah, Obama's an Arab. Remember this, this wild-haired lady? He's an Arab. He's a Muslim and all this stuff. And John McCain finally was like, guys, chill. I'll be a better president than Obama, but he's, don't be afraid of Obama being president. He's a good man. He's a family man. He's an honest guy, and he'll do a good job. And you remember, the, the pundit said, look, John McCain isn't playing to win. Any real politician would have played on that, even though it's untrue, right? But John McCain took the consequences. He told the truth and lived with the consequences, right? That's trusting the truth. That's walking in integrity. We need to speak the truth, even when it gets us in trouble. Even if it's going to hurt your chances of getting the job. Think of this real quick. Those of us who have kept something hidden and unconfessed, you know, something that should be confessed to someone, whether it's spouse or pastor or friend or parent, when you're holding on to that and that becomes part of your life and you start living a double life and that's just how you live, tell them that just eat your soul. It's bad for us, guys. We need to speak the truth. You can trust Jesus with the truth. We also need to hear the truth when it isn't flattering, right? Sometimes the harshest criticism you get, there's also a grain of truth in it. Now, I'm not saying to listen to every unfair criticism that comes your way, but we mustn't be fools that refuse to listen to solid counsel when it goes against us. And we need to judge carefully. Now, some of you say, well, why judge at all? Well, that's good if you could avoid it, but what if you're a judge? <laughs> what if you're a, one of the governors of this church, right, who are, who are coming up? You, you have to make judgments, on whether someone did something or is guilty of something. If you're gonna vote for a candidate, if you're gonna believe something about someone, we need to exercise great caution. And right now, I fear that, all right, I could get myself in trouble, I don't care. Um, so, <laughs> so like anything that was said about President Trump for some of us, you believed it, no matter how far flung. Oh, he's like some sort of Manchurian candidate. He's in the pay of the Russians. I'll believe it because I hate him, right? We, and, and the other side, I won't believe it because I love him. That is not walking in integrity. We need to judge very carefully and avoid judging when we can. There's a but what about, okay? Is there any situation where we cannot tell the truth? Where we, we're, okay, so there's a, and this isn't just me. This is millennia of people reflecting on this commandment. It's not something I came up with on my own. If you are telling a funny story, you can lie. You can embellish, right? Because it's, it's, it makes it a better story. And the purpose isn't to deceive someone or manipulate someone. It's to entertain. So by all means, you're telling a story about, you know, a fish or an incident with ice cream and lactose intolerance. Go for it, <laughs> right? Make, make it better for us. And I'd be disappointed if you don't. Okay, that's one. To keep confidence, there are cases where you need to deny something that is true to keep someone else's confidence. For instance, my wife is a therapist, and 
she cannot, any of you who have HEPA guideline jobs, like you cannot disclose it. You can't even acknowledge it. So if you go to my wife and say, hey, are you counseling the so-and-sos? She can't just be like, I can neither confirm nor deny it, because that's telling you I did, I do, right? She has to say, no, no, I can't, I, I'm not doing that, to keep confidence. And lastly, um, we do not owe the truth to those who would do evil with the truth. A classic example of this was, uh, is, of course, during the Holocaust, when many Christians hid Jews and the Gestapo comes to your door, bump, 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 you got any Jews in here? If you're like, well, I'm just going to neither confirm nor deny. They're going to search your house and, and kill everybody in it, right? And so you have to be like, no, 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 if I did, I'll send them to you. I'll call you. You'll be the first, right? Uh, there's even a, a biblical example. You all remember back in the beginning of Exodus when the Pharaoh wanted to wipe out the fighting power of the Hebrews, uh, he ordered these midwives, the Hebrew midwives, to kill all the baby boys, right? As soon as they come out, kill them. And these midwives did not do it. And the Pharaoh said, hey, why aren't, why aren't you killing babies? And they came up with, they lied through their teeth to Pharaoh. Remember what they said? They said, Pharaoh, we would totally kill these boys. We, would, I mean, we want to, believe us. But the thing is, is that Hebrew women are vigorous, unlike Egyptian women. And, and as soon as they go into labor, right, they call for us. And they've already given birth by the time we get there. So, sorry. And it says God dealt kindly with them. We do not owe the truth to those who would do evil with it. And be very careful about taking that exception. <laughs> do not use it liberally. All right. So, the wall is to walk in deception. The board is to walk in integrity, and the bullseye is to promote and protect our neighbor's honor. If, if the basis treachery is to lie on your neighbor and get them condemned, have their reputation and life ruined through a lie, then the fulfillment of love is that you're not even worried about your own integrity, but in protecting your neighbor's uh, honor. Okay. So Romans 12.10 says this. It says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. What does this look like in real life? Now you can put up the picture of Major General Edward King. Anybody ever heard of Major General Edward King? Ring a bell for anybody? Major General Edward King is famous for one thing. He presided over the largest surrender in U.S. military history. Mm, how would you like to live with that as the first thing that comes up from, for you when you're wikipedia Largest military surrender. You know where it was? It was during World War II. He was the commander of the defense of the island of Bataan. Ringing any bells yet? Bataan, anybody? So Bataan was an island they were holding, and the Japanese, who were really ferocious fighters, overran the island. And Douglas MacArthur, who you've all heard of, he left and gave orders for them to fight to the end. All of you die. They were out of food. They were out of ammunition. There was no hope of holding the island. There was only hope of all of his troops dying. And Edward King decided that he was going to disobey orders, and he was going to surrender with his 70,000 troops. He went alone to the surrender. Why? 
so that no other officer would be known as the officer who presided over the largest surrender in U.S. history. He wanted to bear that himself, to protect the reputation and honor of all of the fighting men and officers under him. He decided to live with that ignominy on him. Who wants to buy him a drink, right? <laughs> like, that it, that's what it looks like to promote and protect your neighbor's honor. Not only is this walking in integrity, he's doing so in a way that he takes on consequences for others. It's the opposite of lying. Like, your ordinary military commander would be like, it's my underling's fault. This dude's like, it's all on me. I'm the one who did this. We could lose him now, even though he's awesome. <laughs> we could trust the truth. Jesus is the truth. The more our confidence in Christ grows, the more we learn to trust God, the less we're going to need to protect ourselves and manage the consequences that come our way through lying. What does it look like for us to protect the, uh, the, 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 uh, to protect and promote our neighbor's honor. When you hear gossip, shut it down. Don't be the receiving ears of gossip. You hear slander, silence it. Refuse to believe it. Think of what happens if, if we were a community that didn't gossip and where slander was quickly repented of. If you were a person who had a lot of issues, a lot of things to confess. Would you want to go someplace where people are always gossiping? Is that a safe place for you to be, where you're going to be talked about behind your back? No, but if you see that this is a place that promotes and protects the honor of everyone, do you feel that maybe then you could confess what's really going on in your community group or to someone else knowing it goes no further than those walls? Here's another thing. Gossip what's good. What if we were quick to share, to put on blast the best thing someone's ever done? The best thing. This is what I appreciate about this person. This is what I respect about this person instead of calling out their greatest weaknesses. What kind of community does that build? It's one in which we promote and protect our neighbor's honor. We face the choice between truth and lies on a daily basis. It isn't an innocent fib. It is choosing team Jesus or it is choosing team deception. Jesus is the truth and we can trust the truth. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I pray that our faith in you would grow to the point that we increase our honesty, that we would walk in greater integrity, that we would not uh, listen to lies or speak lies or fail to speak the truth, but we would have courage to tell the truth and trust you with it. In Jesus' name, amen.